You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 129, The Little Prince. Yeah, he just said the B word. Hello, hello. Welcome, animation fans from around the world. My name is Mason, and you are on the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers. This is episode 129, and today we are reviewing The Little Prince out on Netflix now, so go watch it. And what can I say, really? Uh, we are the ultimate animation podcast. <laughs> we are the greatest that ever lived. We are the toughest in the universe. Uh, we're like three Super Saiyans just powering up on what we love about animation. But in all seriousness, if you are a recurring listener, welcome back. If you are a new listener, then welcome. And the Animation Addicts podcast, it's like, think of us as like your three nerdy animation loving friends and we're all like sitting on the couch, like talking about animation. That is the podcast and that is uh, what we do. We talk about what we love about animation. We usually review one film per episode. Today's The Little Prince and we're pretty excited. This is kind of a different one. It's definitely, definitely, it has a different backstory and history to it. Very, it does. It people does. are very excited for us to do this film. So I'm very excited that it finally got released in the United States. So we have a legal way to watch it, which we all watched oh, it legally on Netflix. I mean, we always do, right? We always do. We always I mean, why do you, why, why even mention the illegal part? Because we're, <laughs> we're, we're so clean cut. We... Don't incriminate us more. I'm, I'm not guilty. I do I look guilty? I, I, I'm just saying, if you wanted to have seen it, you could have. But I waited, and now I see it in its glorious HD instead of some crappy stream that is available Glorious somewhere else. HD and Technicolor. So, spoiler alert, folks. We're going to be going over the whole movie. We are the rotoscopers. We trace over everything that we love about these films and everything that we want to talk about. And so strap yourselves in if you've seen the movie. If you haven't, then be ye warned. There are spoilers from now on. Complete spoilers. I just want to make a quick announcement, a really, really important oh, one. Oh, please do. On Thursday, I'm getting a haircut. <gasps> big moment this for Mason. This is a big deal. I am, dude. Someone actually yelled at me from their car yesterday because of my hair. What? So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get... It's College Station, Texas. Positive um, or negative yell? Yeah. Oh, negative. What did they say? <laughs> I've been heckled. Oh, I had one of those awkward, uh, should I cross, should I not, with some some person in the car, and I guess they got frustrated with me, and they were like, they rolled down their windows, they were like, cut your effing hair so you can see better. The punchline is, the guy was balding. Jealous, that's what it is. I wanted to kind of, he got caught up with us at a stop sign in front of the Target that I was walking at, so I wanted to kind of walk over to him and be like, hey, just because you're jealous doesn't mean you have to be a jerk about it, but... (laughs) I I wouldn't be able to sue him for that much anyway if he assaulted me. So, well, <laughs> we go on a lot of tangents too if you're a new listener. But yeah, haircut incoming. Also, I finished my summer course, uh, my animation course that was uh, mentored by DreamWorks and uh, very successful. We did a really good job, and I'm hopefully this brings me that much closer to the coveted job at DreamWorks Animation. So, these are exciting times for Mason. Yeah, they are. Uh, well, you're fixing to go to Rio. I am! And oh. all, all, all kinds of good things are happening in Morgan's life, so, uh, you know, we're just flowing with positivity. <laughs> it's true. Turn around, I'm right behind you. Turn around, I'll turn around too. Turn around, so we can clap hands. 
Speaking of positivity, I was not positive that uh, this was... Uh, I don't know, I, I thought that... I guess I had misconceptions about The Little Prince because I thought... it Was in was it like in production for a while or did they just not get it out for a while? Uh, both. It was obviously a long time in production, but at the same time... I mean, I feel like we had been talking about this movie for a really long time and it just took a long time to actually get distributors and then... The U.S. date got pushed and pushed back and changed and this and then finally canceled. And so I just feel like it's just been in the pipe a really long time. So mm, mm. just in the pipe. Mm, mm. Well, when you're trying to figure out which studios are doing these films, it's like, I don't know. Those foreign films always have like a million studios attached to them. So <laughs> I didn't really bother to put down which studio created this film. Well, <laughs> Netflix did not produce it. Netflix is only distributing According to Wikipedia, it. Kaibu Productions, LPP TV, M6 Films, On Animation Studios, Onyx <laughs> Films, Orange Studio, <laughs> and 210 Cartoon were the production companies. Uh, it says distributed by Paramount Pictures, but hmm, that might need to be crossed out and, and changed for Netflix. They are producing. Because did you notice as you were watching on Netflix that a Netflix original film which I thought was very interesting right. because typically when I think of Netflix original films, it's usually the concept is from Netflix and they're the ones that are kind of pushing that produced it. Yeah, yeah. But that, that, that isn't necessarily their definition of a net Netflix original film. Mostly it's the first and only place you can find this is on Netflix. And that definitely is true in the United States because it never quite made it here, which we'll talk about in a little bit. You know what? But you know what kind of ruined that that Netflix original movie uh, is uh, the phrase Disney Channel original movie. It throws me off. I expect something like that yes. with this. <laughs> Absolutely, Zetus Lapidus. But um, oh, uh, this just in: Chelsea got her video working, Yay. and so we get to see her beautiful face. If I start skipping, I will turn it off. But yes, <laughs> way to way to take one for the team. But hopefully, hopefully we, it doesn't come to that. Hopefully not. <laughs> So, director of this was Mark Osborne, who directed Kung Fu Panda. So, big shoes to fill there. Several, I was looking at his IMDb um, resume, I guess. I guess he did several live-action sequences for Spongebob, which, if you watch the show, those are important. They're few and far between, but they're always hilarious. And he actually did three episodes of Action League Now from Nickelodeon's hit show Kablam, which I used to watch when I got home after, uh, after school on weekdays. Very nice. So, hey... Action League now, do you remember it? No. The Flesh, he's super strong and super naked. Thunder Girl, she flies like thunder. Stinky Diver, a former Navy commando with an attitude as bad as his odor. And Meltman, with the power to... Melt. <laughs> that, that was the intro for Action League now. Come on, someone in the chat has got to remember that. Anyway, this episode isn't about Action League now. Release date... Was that I'm putting the Cannes Film Festival release date, which was twenty uh, second of May. I put down twenty one fifteen, so <laughs> two, nineteen nineteen thousand years from now there will be a movie called. Good time. Sorry, we don't we don't get out much. Uh, twenty fifteen, so at the Cannes Film Festival, this is kind of interesting. So, budget was seventy seven and a half million worldwide. It's grossed worldwide. 97 million 500,000 and change and 98.6% of its grosses are foreign so apparently the French are cheap meaning foreign as in everywhere but France 
Everywhere but France, yeah. Mm. Not not the U.S. version of foreign, gotcha. which is everywhere but Texas. <laughs> but we're talking about foreign to France. That is interesting. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it definitely has made back its budget based on those box office, but imagine what it potentially could have been if it was released in the U.S. I feel the U.S. is one of the largest markets. Um, and I mean, nah, it, dude, China's where it's it at. was definitely positioned. It was supposed to be released around... March or April of 2016, um, and Uh-oh, it was man. just cut last minute, almost a week before is finally when it, the announcement came out. And, and I remember... Yeah, but what came out in, in March Well, or that's April, what like I'm saying, is, is that if it would have come out, I feel that it could have done relatively well. I mean, there was Zootopia that came out, and Zootopia has gone on to make over a billion dollars in the box office. So I'm not saying that it would yeah. have beaten Zootopia by any means, but I think it could have found an audience... And definitely made an, some additional sum. I mean, we don't know how much uh, Netflix paid for the rights, obviously, to have exclusive streaming rights. Yeah, how does that work? Uh, they they buy the rights, and obviously that's kind of how they pay um, the filmmakers. But then again, the, to me, the problem with... There's like pros and cons of being on Netflix, because, you know, yay, it was so great that Netflix came and, and saved this movie from, you know not having a distributor it, it seemed like it was really in limbo for a while of are we ever going to see this what's paramount doing um but yeah. so the pros and cons with netflix is great it's on netflix most everyone can watch it because a lot of people do have netflix but subscriptions for how long? but then it, i feel it really taints or hurts um sales of the home media which i mean i have no intru- i have no need of owning this film if it's going to be on Netflix, not saying that it's going to be on Netflix indefinitely, although it may be because now it is titled a Netflix it's got the original, Netflix right? So yeah. um, sometimes the, the, there's every month, you know, you can you can go and read websites and they list, you know, what's coming to Netflix this month and what's leaving. And so you can catch up on those movies before they leave or, you know, but well, this should be here for a while. Release. Without a theatrical release, it would be really hard to sell DVDs, especially yeah, in a time it? when we don't. We how how many direct-to-video films have sold millions of copies without a theatrical release? Norma the North. Yes, Norma the North had a theatrical release. Oh, it did. Yes, but that was always Peggy's <laughs> Disney. Why did I though. miss it? <laughs> and generally followed a. <laughs> A known property. While the Little Prince is known in, it's one of the like, most popular works yeah, of fiction in the world. It Very is. Very well. But known. as far as like around kids, though, kids who haven't read it, but kids don't. What about Tinkerbell? What about those films? I don't know. I still feel like it would have done fine. I feel like that the cover and just the way it merchandise. I mean, it would have intrigued people to buy. Obviously, it's not going to be as same. You know, sales. Yeah. But, anyways, we are going off on it. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. All I know is that uh, it's done. I mean, it's made over its budget. A lot of it's foreign. And then I, I just don't know how what kind of revenue stream you can get from. It's definitely from less, your, right? If, if this right. would have been properly released and properly. Well, who am I to say proper. what is proper? Uh, if, this, was <laughs> most if this would have been released <laughs> in theaters, not only would have its revenues been significantly higher, right? Because now there actually are revenues, but home media sales likewise would have. Uh, doubled or you know added to that now it's it's just grateful to have a home i think oh yeah. it has a home <laughs> it has a, a flicks home yeah so like um like chelsea or morgan or both of y'all were saying so this is based off a children's book that i never even knew existed 
Sad face. I was raised off of straight up Calvin and Hobbes and Garfield, I tell you what. <laughs> and Hank the cow dog. He was a huge hit in South <laughs> Texas and not not much else. I, I never knew the book existed. It, it is kind of weird because I feel like they're either making these children's storybooks into animated film, animated films or live action films. I, I feel like we're definitely in that era still. Yes, I I did know that this existed. I'd grown up reading it. Haven't read it in a while, but it is very popular. It was published in 1943 in French, and it is one of the... I was reading on the Wikipedia page for The Little Prince. It's one of the foremost translated books in the world. So it's been wow. translated time and time again. It's incredibly... Um, popular. It's a novella in the fact that it's a sh- more of a short story. It's not necessarily a full-on novel. Uh, it's about 90-ish pages, I think. Um, and, and, and to me, it's it really does fall... I mean, they did a very good job in kind of um, telling the story of The Little Prince or adapting it, but it really is just sort of these, these fables. You know, it feels very much like here's these little vignettes where you're going to be learning something or there's a a big philosophical discussion or topic that they're they're talking about. Um, Some some of these little epithets are a bit disconnected. Um, Just kind of here's a scene. Here's a scene. They they have a similar vein, you know, that ultimately ties it at the end. But um, and I feel that was expressed very well in the actual adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually it's one of my. Uh, it wasn't a book that I grew up reading. I didn't actually really hear about it until like six years ago or so. And I, the first time I, I read it, it wasn't, I actually did the audio version and I would go to the gym and I'd be, you know, listen to my, to my, to little Prince. And I would just, there'd be these moments where I'd be like lost in this trans like thought, just like, Oh my gosh, this is the most, I just so entranced by so wow. many of the stories. I was I was just running and all these little quotes that would pop out and I'm like, wow, this is really transformative for me. I really like it. So and honestly, it's one of my favorite works of fiction out there. And I hadn't seen any of the other adaptations. There have been I have looked it up just to see if there are and there are quite a few other um adaptations. They don't look nearly as good. Like I don't want to <laughs> like none of them look like something that I would want to see. Um this one from the very beginning from the very beginning of everything that I ever saw about this one just had me. And I was like, I want to see this movie based on the images that were portrayed in the, um, everything that we saw. Now, one thing that surprised yeah. me was, uh, this inclusion of this new storyline, which mm-hmm. it is shown through That's the right. CGI characters. Now I feel like for the most part, when this was initially the teaser trailers were coming out, it was very true to the little prince. I had no idea that this additional storyline existed um, until until he started seeing the movie posters of the girl with the goggles yeah. and the old. Yes, dude. until very late in the I game, these guys. Um, there were later trailers that kind of exposed that, and then obviously movie posters and whatnot. Now, so uh, that's one thing when I was first watching this that I I was having trouble with because. Uh, the styles of the two are so different. I remember when the, the trailer first came out, the, the world was just wowed by the animation and the style of the Little Prince storyline, which is this stop motion. To me, it's almost like the, the 3D paper art that people do. Um, it's just the way that the, the characters are molded. It's like they have paper faces, and sometimes it's, it's more oh, yeah. 3D. Other times it's very flat and painted on top. 
um, just very rich. And I absolutely love, love, love that style and thought it worked so well. And then you contrast that with the real life storyline of the little girl and her mom. The CG, yeah. And it just feels somewhat generic to me, just the the hmm. characters. And um, I, I don't necessarily think that it they didn't work together. I, I was kind of concerned. I'm like, okay, how is this going to work? I think it worked okay. I'm not necessarily sold on the fact that I feel this other storyline was necessary. Um, because the movie was long a little long not a little long but longer than most <laughs> it was over 90 minutes so most animated films are around 90 minutes and i felt that uh, since this is such a short work i don't know i'm just kind of i would have liked i don't know i'll let yeah, someone else talk while i something. ponder what i'm trying to hmm. yeah ponderize so i i think it goes without saying though that there were big expectations for the film because the storybook that it, the film derives from is so loved and so popular mm -hmm. and it also helped that director mark osborne like had this like really powerful like pitch that he did he had a, what was called his magic suitcase and it was really cool actually i i think jeff bridges actually mentioned it um and how cool it was that it was this kind of like crazy um suitcase that had all these pull-out compartments and all these pop-up things that he used to to pitch the film and it was very magical and very eccentric and and stuff and that actually won over a lot of actors and artists and, and got the distributors online and so you know it, it was really an elaborate thing and also uh osborne was so impassioned with how he gave his pitch that he was actually able to get a lot of support i mean there's a lot of uh you know a-list hollywood actors and actresses that lent their voice to the film and and I don't know if this had anything to do with it, but they actually animated for the English voice track and then they re-recorded it in French because the, the voices all line up. I thought I was going to be watching some French film where like the the uh, it was like dubbed over, but um, it was it was very much uh, made that way and and stuff. And so I don't know. A lot of passion for your project will go a long way because it had a lot a lot going for it. Like it didn't really have a it you know didn't have a distributor at the time. It was a foreign film, so it has that kind of stigma like that simpsons episode you know maybe that's what that's what people um think about it but um so anyway magic suitcase might be a good tip for pitching your your projects Ooh. but definitely excitement and passion magic really helps suitcase. yeah i mean seriously yeah. we we had to pitch um conceptual stories to these dreamworks people at the beginning of the summer and we we got this crazy idea about uh, trash in the ocean and that it forms this giant whale sculpture and it's all very symbolic and, and like not negative or positive it was very complex and um, we had to basically practice how we said it because what you have in your head needs to be able to be articulated clearly and with excitement because excitement and passion is contagious and that can get um, your director hooked or your, your producers hooked and or your executives or the people that matter and so I, I definitely learned an important lesson with pitching uh, then because, man, that was kind of a convoluted story. I'm not going to lie, but we, we got it to work. In the end, our, uh, our producer guy from Dreams was like, wow, when he saw the, the final product. So that's all I wanted from him. <laughs> but yeah, passion in your pitch passion. So how, what did you feel about the little girl's story? Do you feel that it worked, that it didn't work? I mean, it, it's there to frame... 
and kind of juxtapose the Little Prince's story. I feel like the Little Prince's story is so whimsical and just like a fairy. It really is a fairy tale in all the different elements in what's happening and and whatnot. And then we skip to reality right away. And there's it's just like boring. Not not that it is boring, but it's it's, it's your, your boring. You you know, modern day it's world set up that we've seen yeah, where we're so trying to times. get into the school and it's like everyday now, nowadays problems. Like it, the world is so competitive and parents are so over yeah. um, involved in their kids' lives and scheduling things out and not letting them be kids. And that didn't necessarily feel new or unique to me. However, the, the fable elements of the little prince, even though I'd read the, the book before felt very exciting. Um, so yeah. I was just wondering, I mean, I need to do more, I just don't know why he necessarily felt he had to have this this element yeah. of the the girl and her mom and that conflict. So I feel like they were trying to make it more allegorical. Um, I feel like there was a lot of points where you could make the the fables and just the story, not, the lessons trying to be learned through the little prince. Like you can see that happening in real life, and I think they were maybe trying to do that on a lot of cases. Um, there are a lot of themes in here that they pulled out that I ne- didn't necessarily gravitate to when I first yeah. read the book. And so I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So first of all, I think, I think everyone liked the stop motion stuff better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would almost call yeah. it like paper motion or something like that. Cause they were, they, they were straight up made out of paper. Mm-hmm. Well, the very, and yeah, the, the first um, couple scenes you could see like, and then it shifted into a, like a wooden feel, which I love that. Oh yeah. That kind of like toymation feel. Uh-huh. Um, I like it when the little prince first meets the aviator in his, he has different facial expressions and you can see the craftsmanship in it when they switch to a different face mm-hmm. and stuff. And so the stop motion stuff was brilliant. Um, I personally got confused when they turned all the stop motion characters into CG characters at the end. Like the little girl like visits kind of this like twisted, corrupt, version of um the little princess world mr prince and um but here's what i have to say about the 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 little girl and the mom they don't even have names they're just the girl and uh, the mother um (sighs) sweetie sweetie yeah (laughs) basically what the strong point okay the, the strong point of having that is to have um like you said chelsea like a very direct interpretation of what they want you to get out of the story of the little prince and have it apply to a character that maybe the audience can relate mm-hmm. to because the little prince and I haven't even I haven't I haven't even read the dang thing but that's how that's how prepared I am for the show um <laughs> but from what I saw in the film and from what I understood uh, one, what I saw the little prince has multiple interpretations am I right yes. And the yeah. little prince is very ephemeral and and intentionally unclear and a little bit of vague, but not necessarily in a negative way. It's basically if it that's what makes it so accessible to youngsters and adults like Chelsea, like she can watch it at the gym because it's got multiple interpretations and it's got multiple things that you can extract from it. And so subtlety and symbolism and metaphor is there. Whereas the little girl and her mother is not subtle and not a metaphor at Mm -hmm. all. It's basically like, this is what happens when you grow up and get a degree in finance. (laughs) You know, (laughs) this is what happens when you go to business school and try to get a job. You turn into a horrible person. (laughs) Businessmen are evil. The end. Any questions? The end. Um, But (laughs) basically, um, 
it, it's not subtle. And so when you when you pair an unsubtle ephemeral um like story with a story that's not subtle at all, that's very I wouldn't say in your face because it wasn't Zootopia exactly, but it was it was more very direct. Like the mother was very much like a parody of the controlling but scared control freak you know she's not a tyrant because the little girl's totally into it you know she's just as on board with her and has the same desires as the mom um then um you know to be successful and be a grown-up and stuff and so the many the many like themes and the many ideas that can be extracted from the little prince are kind of funneled into the story of the girl that's just my theory Mm -hmm. on it I, did like I the, loved the symbolism and the uh, the kind of ethereal kind of uh, not abstract but surrealness of the little print segments. And yeah. whereas the CG part was just like, oh, she's like found a friend that her mom that society doesn't want her to be friends with, and they have a lot of adventures. Oh, I bet she's going to get her feelings betrayed at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it just kind of plays me? out like that. Yeah, um, I did like how they had the difference in the two sets of animation style. It's kind of like back in the olden days when there was no CG and it was just like live action versus animated. And they would do that to like do dream sequence services or Yeah, I then you got know. James and the Giant Peach. Right, yeah. Well, but this one, I, I felt like having the two separate like that helped it keep the two stories separate and so that you're not like, wait, where where are we still? Are we still in this world or this world? So I felt like that was really great. It kept the that idea tight. Um, I I didn't, and I kind of feel like at the end they did want to kind of bring it all back home. Bring you know how things would be if they were still going. Um, I'm not sure how I liked that one, but I felt like it ended really well. There were just like yeah. those like yeah. 15 minutes I'll- where I was like. Why? <laughs> but I felt like it, it, there was a payoff. So There was a payoff at the end, yeah, yeah. You get to see the little prince in CG and not just papermation. <laughs> what we all were looking for. That's, what, that's all I ever wanted. I will say this, though. Hearing Jeff Bridges in the intro was majestic. <laughs> I love Jeff Bridges' voice ever since Tron, you know, and I kind of, like, rediscovered Jeff Bridges. I, um... I mean, Jeff Bridges could be rattling off the the side effects of like a prescription medicine <laughs> in his voice, and I'd be like, mm, "Keep talking, man." <laughs> Thick as molasses. I love it. I kept getting like the giver in my head. I mean, I've seen oh, other yeah. movies with him, but that I think was that, that was the last movie that I saw with him, and so and I kind of felt like I had a little bit of the same vibe as far as like the the guy you're not really not supposed to be talking to or i don't know sharing all the secrets of life <laughs> jeff bridges he specializes as the guy you're not really supposed to be talking to <laughs> i get you i get you and then we, we've got so but there's so many celebrity forces we got rachel mcadams rachel mcadams as the mother mm-hmm. and then you french people help me out with but marion cotillard 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 Mm-hmm. And just keep, uh, going. just keep going. And then James Frank, James Franco, and then Benicio del Toro, and then Ricky Gervais, Paul Giamatti. I forget who Paul Giamatti was supposed to be. And then Albert Brooks. I love all the sinister Albert Brooks roles that he's been doing lately, <laughs> or that we've been seeing lately. You know, this came out last year, and Secret Life of Pets came out. 
later. But, you know, I'm waiting for the evil Marlin Pixar theory. <laughs> he wanted Dory to get lost for the insurance money. <laughs> for the life insurance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, what I didn't like is that these these big names and these cool voices like Benicio del Toro as the uh, the snake, like after seeing Sicario, like he fits the snake character. <laughs> um, but a lot of them are just in it for like two seconds. I'm thankful that James Franco was only the fox for like one minute because <laughs> I'm like, oh. can we not? I'm not a James Franco fan. I wasn't a I wasn't a fan. Well, I could have used I could have gone with any actor really for this over him like especially I, not, when they only have like two lines yeah i wasn't i wasn't like i hate james franco but it was just like it was kind of a i didn't feel like he, he i don't know i don't i didn't feel like it was like the main the the best fit in my opinion but i do the fox is one of my favorite characters um my favorite quote in the entire book is when he when um the little prince is looking and saying hey come play with me and the fox says i can't i'm not tamed and he's he comes back and he said what i don't understand what is tamed and he says to be tamed is to develop ties and to you I'll quote right now to you. I am nothing more than a Fox, like a hundred thousand other foxes. But if you tame me, then we shall need each other to me. You shall be unique in all the world to you. I shall be unique in all the world. I was just, I love that quote. It's one of my favorites just because it's like, how much does time really goes into building a relationship? And it was just like, like, wow, mm. so beautiful. Mm. Eternal truths. I don't. I didn't understand what what the fox was supposed to represent, or was he just kind of teaching him a lesson about human relationships? I don't know. There's always a fox. I just think of the <laughs> Simpsons too. <laughs> There's always it's a true. fox. There's always yeah, a fox. I mean, there are a lot of characters that pop up just for mere moments, just to kind of teach a lesson or um, the moral of the story. And the fox comes in to talk about being tamed, but also to to kind of tie back to the flower or the rose and how she's unique to him. Uh, so I think really it was just a plot device to introduce this theme or moral and message. And then we don't really see him again as, as many other characters in the, in the book. I love yeah. the plushie though. Want one. Oh, is he just adorable? I want that plushie. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to, so cute. Like, you, you, if you went on Etsy and made a bunch of homemade, uh, Fox plushies, you'd make a fortune. Come on. Seriously. Come on. Please, somebody do it and send me one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The snake, I guess, is just supposed to be death, I guess. Really? He's got it in for that little prince, man. Oh, yeah. But I just... I liked I his... Confused. I liked his... Um, He compared himself to being more powerful than the, than the hand of a king or the finger of a king. Very interesting. And so it, it's just got a lot of messages in, in the little prince material. It's just kind of like, huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. some thinkers yeah. and I, that was one that was one of the themes that i i didn't really um not catch on but i didn't really think were as played as highly or as um prominently prominently that's a good word yeah as prominently yeah. in the book and that was death and loss Ooh. i didn't death i don't i mean there, it was because when you when you grow up those are the main things that you end up realizing mm -hmm that there is death and there is loss. And so I, there was a lot of that in it. Um, but I, I'd, yeah. I'd liked, it made me want to go back and read the book 
and remember exactly if if that was so prominently displayed. Yeah, in the book, there's a lot more themes of, like you were mentioning, growing up and uh, this journey to adulthood. And so there's a lot of concepts that even though this is typically referred to as a children's book, it could be considered, you know, a more adult book in, in the fact that it has some little heavier philosophical themes that it does address. We don't necessarily get into those as much in the movie, and that's okay. But, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, such as and so forth. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, so notable scenes. I think we can all appreciate that a flying propeller almost killed a child in this film. <laughs> oh my gosh, that came out of nowhere. Hey, at least they call the cops. When does that ever happen in films like this? Thank you for being realistic, uh, the little prince. <laughs> like, something like that happens, call the cops. And your insurance you know. company. <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite parts of the film were all the desert scenes. Mm-hmm. You know how when when he first meets the little prince, he get this kind of wide shot and he's like, boom, center frame, you know, very fantastic Mr. Fox, but not for quirkiness, more for like epicness. So it's got this kind of, um, I don't know, Lawrence of Arabia feel. And then you got your depth of field and it's just a very well composed shot. It, it's very, very cool. I I think I liked all that stuff the most because <laughs> it's very, very surreal. Yeah, absolutely. Those were definitely like aesthetically the most pleasing. Those are the, For sure. you know, I, the reason I love the stop motion scenes so much is because it really felt timeless in a way. Just the story itself um, was very timeless. And and then just the look and the feel and the settings were all very interesting and captivated me. While while the, the real life settings, you know, suburbia, you know, mom, school, blah, blah, blah. So, dystopian corporate underworld yes yes we've all been what's so great about that but yeah the more time we could spend in the little prince's world the better and i got excited every time we were there yeah i felt like they did a really good job with the show don't tell um Ah. so like for example when they talked about the dad like how the little girl's dad is just missing and like they don't even really address it but she's just like you're just becoming just like him you know, and what you're just going to be gone to. And yeah. it was just like, you can, you really feel for the mom in a lot of these moments. Cause you just realize, wow, like she's really just trying. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, they did a really good job of that. I was just like, at first when you see all these globes, you don't really know what they're, what they're there for. And then when she just puts another one up there, like, yay, <laughs> dad yeah. gives the same thing every year. Um, that was, I liked that. I thought it was like, Man, that's really good. And then right there when um, the acting, when um, the aviator was talking about having to go, when he would eventually go back and be with the prince, leave. And he's obviously referring to death. And she's just thinking that he's, this is all like, we're rarely going to get in the plane and go see the little prince. Like, oh, this world actually exists. And, um, and then he's just like, well, let's go and comfort you with this little car ride. <laughs> Um, I, I thought that the, those <laughs> scenes were really great. I love the, car I was like, too. man, are you sure you want to take this girl that you don't really know or have uh, like yeah. ties to, you know, <laughs> it's, it's all right. It's a different, different country. It's Europe, yeah. but, uh, I'm just kidding. Obviously it was wrong and that was the point of it. But anyway, um, I, I just liked so much of it. You know, I, I liked a lot of it. And there are parts that really drug out on for me. 
So let's go it to its own timing. Let's go to Mason's first point, which he skipped over in our notes. Mason. Oh no, I, I didn't want to be such a negative Nancy. <laughs> I didn't feel the way Guys, that you felt, but I thought it was boring. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I thought the film was boring. Like, please don't leave. I still like I still liked a lot of the parts of the film but was i the only person who thought this film like drug on a little bit rachel wagner in the comments she's mentioning she felt it was a little boring too she's like i hate to i hate to i hate to bring up the b word i was like whoa girl there's whoa whoa (laughs) hold on hold on get ready to ban her from the chat (laughs) well okay i'm glad to be backed up by such a reputable source as rachel and um i'm proud to join her as someone who thought it was the b word (laughs) I felt like the film could have been condensed to shave off that last half hour where they go to, like, the dystopian corporate wasteland and they try to redeem Mr. Prince. The whole part with, like, the city planet where they find the grown-ups and it's, like, very blatantly anti-child. You know, I'm like, what is this? Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? <laughs> and the whole thing with Mr. Prince just seemed kind of unnecessary. I felt like the it was important that the girl understood the lesson not become a warrior for the lesson to help out yeah. the little prince. Did that ha- did that was that even in the little prince storybook? No. Did he go off and become a yanitor? <laughs> no. <laughs> Becoming a yanny the yanitor. Um Dexter's laboratory anyone? No. Yeah. And then the whole thing with the the overbearing um brainwash guy and then Albert Brooks coming out as evil businessman and I want to be like, okay, it's because of those businessmen that you can even make this film. But uh, that's just that's just the capitalist in me. You know, I it, you're never going to find a, a a European produced film that's actually in favor of businessmen, but but that's all right. Here's the hoping. You know, the the whole thing seemed kind of unnecessary. I would have loved to have had a beautifully handcrafted stop-motion animated version of the original book and to just let us extract what we want mm-hmm. from yeah. it. And then it would be an even more accessible version of the storybook, uh, just in a different form and just have this kind of visual spectacle. I was, I felt like the same way. And I felt like there was a lot of points where, I mean, I think they they still could have kept the story of the little girl. I didn't feel like it took away from in a lot of ways. Um, in some ways it did. Like I, I agree with the whole going to the other world, like the city world. And it was just like, I, I didn't feel like that was necessary. I think they could have accomplished what their goals were, what their goals were without going there. Yeah. Um, and I kind of wished in a way that it was like, I wanted this to be a think deeply film in the same way that you did. And I, I would have really loved if like somebody like Pete doctor or like Ooh. Hayao Miyazaki would have like done something like this. That would have been you, grand. Um, you know, I, I, I read a few reviews and a few people made parallels to up specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, up. Yeah. I saw a lot of, I, I like the subtlety of inside out and how they were able to explain those feelings because I felt like they did try to go into a lot of the feelings that, the little girl was having as far as like loss. And I just felt like there was um, a lot of subtlety that could have been brought out of that. And I think they were trying to, and I I just feel like they didn't know how to accomplish that. Well, I didn't think the movie was particularly boring. I actually was a little bit more. Well, when I first started watching it and I saw the CGI scenes, I was like, Oh, well this isn't, 
These aren't the scenes that I really am looking forward to based on the trailers. However, I actually did find the storyline of the little girl somewhat interesting. Like I was saying before, I mean, that may sound a little bit contradictory. Um, I didn't necessarily think it was 100% needed. However, it was interesting enough that it kept my attention. And I did I did like certain elements of the story. Um, but definitely the the stop motion took the cake or took the prize, right? Yeah. Oh, cake. Man, I'm hungry. What'd you think of the music? I'm surprised Chelsea has nothing to say about the music. I thought it was good. I love I mean, it's all about Hans, that Hans Zimmer. I mean, he so, did a great job. I got kind of a Coraline vibe from, you know, there were a couple of songs that actually had kind of a quirky vibe to it, you know? It was very French feeling to, for mm-hmm. me. Ha ha ha. Which I loved. Yeah. I, I felt the score and the yeah. songs were very appropriate and that they really did help to enhance this movie. Um, I saw some of my friends even tweeting about this, saying, oh, that Hans Zimmer score on The Little Prince, it's amazing. Um, people who I don't think would normally, I feel like, be watching an animated film, so I thought it was interested. It got me excited that The Little Prince has an audience, and not only are they enjoying it, but they're also enjoying the music. Um, I really did like the the unique songs that, again, were somewhat timeless for me. I feel like sometimes you throw a pop song in there, and it's like, ugh. Okay. Oh, great. thank you for no pop songs. And, well, I don't know yeah. this Camille like, lady. I mean, maybe you know, and Camille is, is it was pop. Puppy, it was uh, you know, she's not pop, but she French. I feel is somewhat timeless, like French songs. Just because we don't. Yes, just because I'm not. So I'm like, oh, so timeless. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I liked it. So those are my two cents. Okay. All right. Yeah, I felt like that was. Um, all good things. All good. I think it helped the the timing of it too. I mean, that's one of the reasons why it was able to take its own time is because it did have a good score to kind of back it up. And it, it for me, that's why I didn't notice it being so long. I, I felt like it was good for contemplation and thought. So Mondays Yay, are for coffee and contemplation. <laughs> anyway, Stranger Things, man. Speaking of Netflix, but yeah, I I love the music. I thought the music was good. I also liked that the movie was not so happy and wacky. It was very heartwarming, but a mandatory animated dance party would have been out of place, and so I'm glad they refrained from it. Can you imagine? You know, could you oh really imagine like the little prince and the and the rose and the and then the girl <laughs> the old and man the old getting man. down? <laughs> oh no, nah, the old man's not coming back, man. I, I think they I think they were pretty serious with how they kind of tied him up <laughs> at the end, you yes. know, or tied his arc, arc up. It's like. Maybe he's not going to get out of that hospital bed, you know, but at least she got to see him, you know, and, and share the story with him. She completed I it. I liked that. that Maturity, that's how they, y'all. They tied the book into it. Like, oh, this is actually how the book got started. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was trying to, I was trying to get a balanced opinion on this, you know, I'm trying not to be the jaded critic, but I'm also not trying to be like all, all googly eyed in love with these films. And I, I'm trying to be balanced. So I came across two um, critic reviews, and w- one of them was very positive, one of them was slightly negative. So I don't know. One of them was from The Independent, and it said that uh, it had a lot of good things to say. And they, they both used the same quote. It is only with the heart that one can see rightly what is essential is invisible to the eye. So they can... They, com- they compare that as like sitting alongside this kind of gentle philosophical reminder that love is enduring. Growing up doesn't mean shredding your dreams and all this stuff. 
I, I feel like um, Judy Hopp's parents in Zootopia would have done very well in the universe <laughs> of the little girl and the mom. Yes. Besides the fact that they're rabbits and not humans. But anyway, and then Vox came out with one that said, oh, it actually criticized it. So it actually paralleled the film's message with this kind of um, millennial trend of avoiding adulthood. So they saw it as not only not just grow up, but don't forget. They saw it as an attack on growing up, um, you know, in general. Mm -hmm. And I can kind of see that because the film was sort of antagonistic of, quote unquote, the grownups, you know, the people that are the the academics, the people that are the businessmen, the people who, you know, exploit natural resources. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't have a problem with him stealing the stars because it was powering a city. But apparently that was the wrong thing to do. Anyway, that, I don't know. I thought that they were maybe reaching too far. I don't know. Do y'all think it was an attack on adulthood? Um, no. I felt like there were the main... Um, you mentioned earlier, Mason, that it was kind of like the dystopian corporate world versus kind of like a fantasy world. And I felt like it, for me, it was more of like structure and over planning to compensate for the past and pain, uh, versus acceptance and hope. I felt like Mm. those were two really main, um, vibes that came with it. I mean, I can, I, I see a lot of good in what the mom was trying to do. And what the mom does and even just the, pl- the power of planning your day and the power. I of, kind of respect her. I totally respect it. And I saw like that's exactly what I do for a lot of my days because <laughs> otherwise I don't get anything done. And then I feel like, well, what did I what do I have to show for my life type thing? And so when I have those structured and planning days, I'm happier. So it's not like um, that structure and planning is bad, but more of it is if you're the reason why are you using it to compensate for your past and for your pain and which in her case she I felt like she was trying to use it to to push her little girl's life forward in spite of the fact that she's a single mom with not as much you know who has obviously been through some pain they also you know showed that point by how extreme her planning was where it was nearly every, every, every minute 15 of every day. minutes there was it was scheduled out which which you, what if you have to go to the potty not allowed absolutely not allowed okay i kind of do that though but <laughs> like i don't follow through 100% but it's like i would in a perfect world i mean i for an adult that's fine but i do think there are elements where children need to be children and just play yeah. and enjoy life and be creative and I think that's kind of what it was trying to portray that, yes, this, you know, obviously we see structure as good because we've learned to accept it. But um, forcing that much structure on a child is really stifling. And she she didn't really put up a fight for the most part. Like she was right. totally happy. Oh, she was all she for was it. Being, she was alone all day long and she was all for it and she was getting her goals and she was doing her homework. And then it's when she realized that she found a friend and yeah. the how much joy she had in that and that experience. And, and, you know, through this story that was being told, which is very, you know, much of a child sort of thing where you, you read, sto- you know, fairy tales and whatnot. I think she kind of realized what was missing in her life. And that's why she kind of started revolting and doing a lot more of that and lying, which I think was like the kind of her breaking point where she was such a perfect girl up until that moment. And then she mm-hmm. lied about her birthday. <laughs> her mom was such a jerk when she was like, let's see. Yep. You can hang out with your friend next summer. Yeah. <laughs> Between one I look forward to meeting them. <laughs> Yeah, between 1 and one thirty. So yeah, the mob definitely had flaws and stuff, but I don't know. 
well, I mean, I, mean I, can... I know that I'm going to be the parent that's going to send my kid to, like, math camp and stuff. <laughs> oh, You gotta really? be, man. Yeah, because STEM... STEM is taking over the world, but, um... No, not really. As a grown-up who I don't think has really grown up, just ask my wife and my little sisters who act older than me, I can under I totally understand the theme of growing up but not forgetting, and I think what satisfied me with the ending was when the aviator hugged the girl and said, you are going to make a great grown-up. Mm-hmm. By implying that she will grow up someday, but that she'll 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 do it according to the little prince. You know, she'll... She'll not forget what is the most important thing, you know? Keep the main thing the main thing. All right, so we can jump to rating it, or I have a few reviews which we can listen to before we rate it ourselves. Uh, let's rate and then go to the other people's reviews. Yeah, our opinions are more important than theirs. <laughs> then, Mason, why not you take it away, mister? Yeah, All right, three stars. <laughs> Three stars, folks. It was pretty good. I would de- I would definitely show it to my kids. Like, it's very kid-friendly. Like, it's very cool. And the animation, we didn't even talk about the quality of the CG animation. Like, it's not that bad. Very good. Like, I-, I think it's good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Hey. But I wouldn't see it again. We were talking about this at the, at the Rotocast for our patrons. And, um, okay, maybe not math camp, maybe animation camp if they have one. But, uh, I'm responding to people on on chat but we we didn't even talk about the animation you know i i just thought it was good and we had a conversation about replay value at the at the rotocast for our patrons i wouldn't see it again some films i think are good but i wouldn't see them again this is one of them sorry okay i will (laughs) i will also give this the movie three stars but i do say that there is replay value and i think the main reason why there is replay value is because i have read the book and I like going back to my thoughts of the book. And I like going back to thinking and, and seeing the, the portrayal of, of that. And just the pictures are really pretty. Um, so I do believe that there is replay, replay value for me. And I would I actually do want to see it again. Um, just because it was like, I'd like to relive some of those earlier parts of the movie. Not necessarily okay. the end, but you know the, some of the earlier parts when they are so deep into the um, the to uh, the stop motion part mm-hmm. i i would go back for that i will also give it three out of five stars i thought it was somewhat enjoyable very you know it was definitely enjoyable it wasn't boring as uh the b word has been mentioned but i i liked i could have seen these almost as two separate movies i could have seen just yeah. the the girl yeah. storyline and expanding that a little more and then the little prince storyline expanding that a little more to be a feature-length film Interesting, and that's it. They combined them together. Um, I think again, they would have been better separately rather than together. But uh, I let the little prince could have been replaced with almost anything, and the little girl's storyline still would have made sense. Yes, exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. Um, I loved the music and especially loved the animation. Like Mason said, the CG animation was very great. Um, I didn't ever feel that I was watching something very cheap or homegrown no. or whatnot or direct to video, which obviously it was not. It has $77 million budget, so we can definitely expect very good things. And the stop motion is just so jaw-droppingly beautiful. I need, beautiful. I need more of it in my life. I really do. I, I mean, the parts where you can see the, uh, we, it's called subsurface scattering, where you can see the sun through the paper. You know, mm-hmm. on the scarf and the hair and stuff. Man, it's just... Mwah! Mwah! 
I'll, I'll agree with that. Morgan always makes a really uncomfortable face when I do that. So now let's go into some voicemails. We had four voicemails, three particularly what? about this film. Cha-ching. People are very Hashtag excited, blessed. not only for this to come out so we can finally see it here in the United States, but also to talk about it. So I think it is only fair that our very first voicemail is from Jeremiah, who has lots of good things to say. Hello, Redescopers. This is Jeremiah calling about Hi, Jeremiah. The Little Prince, because it's finally here, people, though. Little Prince is actually released, and it's not being pushed back anymore. You've seen that beautiful trailer a million times, and it's finally here. Speaking <laughs> of beauty, isn't this a beautiful movie? Uh, it transitions from uh, CG to stop motion back and forth flawlessly. Yeah, I felt no bump whatsoever. This is very ambitious. Huge chocolate-covered kudos to everyone involved. Applause. Amazing. Chocolate-covered kudos. I'm going to start using that now. As an adaption, it's remarkable. It's very true to it. It's in that, you know, there's even illustrations from the book. Like, that's Mm -hmm. amazing. Made me so delighted because it's one of the greatest pieces of children's literature ever written. But it, it also... Adds to it wonderfully, keeps all of the ideas. It adds some of its own. So many ideas in this movie. Could not hope to talk about them all. Well, but, you know, there's the stars being kept away, which is relevant, of course, what with us actually unable to see the stars in so many parts of the world. There's not growing up too fast. There's that. You know, we want to make everything utilitarian. Well, so many things utilitarian that we can't have art to break everything's utilitarian. Just so many ideas. And isn't this a cool time to be an animation addict, people? I think it is. Anyways, four out of five stars. I know, sounds a little low after all my gushing, but I don't think it was, you know, quite up there with five. But it was extraordinary just as a very unique piece of filmmaking. All right. That is all. Bye-bye. Woohoo! Thank you so much, Jeremiah. So four out of five stars, huh? Well, all right. I love Jeremiah's voicemail. He was so animated and excited and uh, amazing. Chocolate covered. I <laughs> love it. Chocolate yeah, covered. Any more Jeremiah man. voicemails? <laughs> that was very fun. <laughs> all right, our next one is from Brandon, who is one of our writers. So let's check out Brandon's voicemail. Ooh. Hello, Morgan, Mason, and Chelsea. You guys might not know this, but I am one of your writers. And also, this is my first voicemail. (laughs) Two two things. Very soon, I'll be hitting 500 oracles. So, uh, yeah, wow. How many years has it been since I first started writing in 2013? About maybe two. And now I've written nearly half a thousand oracles already. That's crazy. So, yeah, there's that going on. Congrats on that. This month, it's going to be a pretty interesting month as far as animated films go. Both movies, Kubo and the Two Strings and Sasha's Party are both movies that fall outside of the 
traditional expectations of a mainstream animated movie. So it'll be interesting to see how they do at the box office, as well as with critics and audiences. I guess that's it for my first voicemail. Love the podcast, by the way. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah, so Brandon almost hitting five or almost 500. Almost 500 articles. That's just unreal. My crate. That is insane. We should bind them in a book and be like (laughs) the Brandon compilation. (laughs) The Brandon Chronicles. The Brandon Chronicles. (laughs) No, he is an amazing writer. They'll be worth a lot of money someday. (laughs) All right, our last review is from Ryan, one of our patrons. So let's check out what Ryan has to say. Ryan. Hello, Underscopers. Ryan Pareto here with my review for The Little Prince, which I'm very excited found at home on Netflix. You know, when I initially found out about this film, I was extremely excited. And then when I started seeing the animation style and stop motion portions, I got even more hyped. And I tried to contain it all, but eventually I got to see it and I was very, very pleased. I got everything I wanted out of it and then some. I loved how they expanded certain aspects, how they simplified certain aspects, how they added to it in certain ways. And, you know, the story just means so much to me. I purchased so many versions. I gifted so many versions. I have three or four of the audio versions because I have different voice actors and stuff because I I make good decisions with my money. And I was just so happy to finally see this film and very grateful. It's finding a new audience in the Netflix community. I hope you and a lot more people find it and like it. And I'm going to be giving it a very, very unobjective five out of five. I cannot fairly judge this. Oh, my God. But I enjoyed it. I hope you guys have a great day. And thank you so much for everything you do. Bye. Ryan Five out of five, y'all. You're the man. That was pretty intense. Yeah. No. I got nothing to say about that, man. (laughs) But it was everything that he said was true. As far as there were parts where they expanded it, where they you know, needed to. And then there were parts where they simplified it, it where, where they needed to. So I, I give good props for some of those. Good props or mad props? I'll, not quite mad props, but okay. Cause it's not 2002. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, all right. Okay. Good props to Ryan. All right. Now our last one's from Sarah. She has a somewhat unrelated question, which we will Ooh, answer. A question. Hey, writer scuppers. It's me, Sarah again. I'm, this is recording, and I'm here to deliver um, a voicemail for your Little Prince episode. I haven't gotten to see this yet, but I have a question that's been burning in the back of my mind for the past week. Um, so I watched an episode of the absolutely heinous Little Shop of Horrors TV show, and I thought this could be an interesting question. If you guys could pick a musical, kid-friendly or not, be made into like an animated movie or TV show, which one would you choose? I other than Wicked, because I can hear Morgan and Chelsea about to say Wicked. So yeah, just call and say hi. Love you guys. Bye. Love you too, So Sarah. if we could take any musical, does it have to be Broadway? Because I don't really do that. If we <laughs> no. could take any musical and turn it into an animated film or an animated series, I suppose. Huh. I got to think about that one. My My experience with musicals is... 
not we as are disqualified from choosing wicked I'm disqualified and you know <laughs> yeah. obviously we're disqualified from choosing films that were already musicals or like the beauty and the beast and oh, aladdin right, right, right. and you know things that came from a movie and then turn it into a musical and we're gonna turn it back into a movie. <laughs> we're just gonna go back let's beauty and the beast you know what that is my pick i think it'd be so good <laughs> <laughs> um uh, for me i'm actually gonna go with jekyll and hyde it was back in like thousand or so um but they've got some amazing songs in there some of my absolute favorite songs to to sing myself um so that one would be the one that i would go for since wicked has been disqualified (laughs) yeah but jacqueline Hyde, like it's if you haven't listened to the the soundtrack on it there's the best songs to listen to are from this or um this is the moment and then also in his eyes and um a new life those are my three favorite songs on that um yeah so or in someone like you so top four (laughs) so those are my favorite songs on that album so you should listen to them um but yeah that would be a great i think it would be really good and really easily done in animation considering the transformation and such my favorite musical one of them is les mis and i don't really think that necessarily would be great in animation although you could do a really make an anthro like an artsy stop motion version but um i think some of these more modern ones maybe like how to succeed at business without really trying could be super cool in animation you could even do it as an an anthropomorphic thing you know where they're everything's more fun when they're cats that are humans and and, yeah exactly (laughs) so anyway yeah yeah hmm i don't know i'm really limited with the the musicals i've seen i don't know Guys and dolls, both anthropomorphic <laughs> animals. I, don't know. I, I really like Phantom of the Opera. I think like once you see Phantom of the Opera, you don't need to see that many musicals. But uh, I uh, I don't know. That would be kind of cool. You, you could do it with like cute animals and stuff and tra- change it to something like Phantom of the Toll Booth or something. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the Phantom Toll Booth. Sorry. Uh, but anyway, that's all I got. Awesome. Good question, Sarah. Thank you for your thanks for your, your right, voicemails. That is all we have for voicemails. If you have a voicemail, be sure to send them to us at rotoscopers.com slash voicemails or 406-646-6575. And before I close, I do have two items of business that I want to discuss, which I should have talked about at the top of the show. One, Morgan's PSA on us being critics. A PSA? There was some feedback last episode how it it was very disappointing that we switched at the last minute from not doing Ice, Ice Age, Age to Bambi. And yeah. uh, that was absolutely on us. We cha- we didn't give you guys heads notice that we were changing the movie. Uh, I'm sure some people went and saw Ice Age kind of preparing for the film. And then we ultimately decided not to do it. And we got some feedback that, you know, you guys are critics. You should review, you know, the good and the bad. And you should you should just suck it up and do it. And and. I wanted to address that. I do not think that we are... Did someone call us out on that? We, we, Yes, a little bit. Uh, but I do not think <laughs> that we are critics. I have never referred to myself as a critic. I'm an animation addict. And like I said at the other podcast, I'm addicted to the good stuff. And I, you know, have a good time with the bad stuff. But yeah, long story short, that one was bad on us that we didn't give you enough heads up that we weren't going to do it. And we will be better in the future about if we switch things 
not to literally do it the day before and say, yeah, just kidding. We don't want to do that anymore. Cause that wasn't yeah. really fair to you guys. Um, so yes, that is my piece on that. And I'm very sorry if people were disappointed. It seems that 99% of the people were okay that we did Bambi instead. So <laughs> <laughs> we did get a lot of positives about the fact that we did Bambi and people were really excited. Yeah. We're always looking out for the one, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, we we did decide pretty much the day of or like the night before. Eh, we don't really want to do Ice Age. Let's do a Disney classic instead. Morgan was like, "Ooh, someone just happened to request a, a Disney classic. So it kind of worked out. But um, I don't know. It, it's just that sometimes we get so busy and we don't get to plan whether we really want to do Ice Age or not. And it wasn't a patron choice. So kind of a lesser of two evils thing. Plus, yeah. But it was did, it the, it the Bambi review hilarious, though? <laughs> Wasn't it just so great? Cue the gunshot. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So my other little announcement is the status on writing applications, or if you applied for graphic designer or uh, film editor. Ah, uh, yes. Film editor. We're making a movie, guys. Uh, video <laughs> editor. Uh, we had over 60 applications for all of those, and they are in my inbox right now. I have star next to anyone who applied, so I know exactly where you are. Um, the fact that we got so many was kind of overwhelming, to be honest, and so I haven't actually gone through them yet. I want to make sure that I go through them all at once and give everyone a fair shot. So our goal is to have that kind of those announcements done by the end of August. So if you are wondering what is the status of the the applications to join the team, then that is that. So hopefully by August, but yeah, there were just quite That's a awesome. lot of people, which is really exciting and overwhelming. And, you know, I want to make sure There's that we 60 people that care. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 60 people that care. And then it makes me kind of sad. Cause I'm like, Oh, everyone applied and we want to just take everyone on. So uh, you should be getting, uh, so if you're, you're emailing me asking, Hey, what's the status? That is the status. So hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll have an update or a final decision. Okay. So other than that, that is all that I have everybody. Good episode. I like it. Very good episode. I'm really yeah, excited that we were able to review this one. Thank you, Netflix, for making that possible for us. And I know a few people in the comments said that it's not available in their country yet. That's a big bummer. And I really wish this had better, bigger dis distribution so all of us could see it and all be happy and holding hands and whatnot. But thanks for everyone who joined Yay. in the chat room. We had a very, very active chat, um, a marriage proposal even. So great it, stuff We there. had a pretty eventful chat going on. <laughs> it was a real party. Uh, for show notes for this episode, you can go to rotoscopers.com slash 129. That's where you can find all of the various links to purchase if you would like to listen to the audiobook of this, if you would like to buy the book. Um, there's anything that we refer to uh, as far as articles and whatnot, we will include in the show notes. And of course, if you couldn't join us live and you want to give us your review, go to rotoscopers.com slash 129 and l join the conversation in the comments. Um, also, you can support us like we talked about by becoming a patron so we do a special episode every month where it's a little bit more chill I'm not saying it's more fun but it's just it's chill and you guys get to ask us questions mason's drawing fun drawings um every every month it's a little different so we're trying to make it fun for you guys so rotoscopers.com slash Patreon for that. Also, we do have our shirts still available. Rotoscopers.com slash store is where you can go and you can buy a Roto t-shirt. Um, they're very cheap. They're really basically only 
five or six, five to seven dollars, I believe, and then shipping, um, depending on if you're international. Really, we're not making any money on the shipping. It's just basically the base price of what it would cost to ship to various places. So check that out. And yeah, that's all I have. Yay. Woo. Thank you so much for listening. We love our patrons and we love our listeners. And we're happy to discuss animation and to have such a, a lively conversation going on in the chat. And we and, had first uh, time voice, first time voicemails. Woo-hoo. I love hearing yes. people for the first time mm-hmm. and being like, ah, Your nice. Beautiful voices. Yes. So make sure to check those out too. So if you want to be a part of the voicemails, if you're like, hey, why is it that, you know, I'm not on there? Well, it's because you need to send one. Or, hey, I want to bug them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That too. <laughs> All right, cool. everybody. Cool. Make sure to check us out on our individual streams, not streams, but, you know, our individual locations. Um, I actually just updated my website, so you can check that out. It's pretty cool. Really? Yeah. 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 I did, I'm going I there right to, now. Chelsea I seem to do that Robson. all the time, but <laughs> I did, yes. Um, and then also you can check out, I'm going to be going to Brazil next week. So good times will be following. And then um, we're going to be, <laughs> I love your face, Mason. <laughs> I love the couch photo. <laughs> it's a great photo. Regal, um, majestic, <laughs> lovable, yes, yes, cuddly. <laughs> oh man fantastic check it out um yeah well so- even more of a reason to go to chelsearobson.com <laughs> <laughs> what is this couch photo she's talking about <laughs> so um yeah i'm gonna be posting a lot of stuff about my trip to brazil and i'm gonna be gone there for six weeks so about two episodes of the podcast i will be in brazil so good times will be had check us out you can go to chelsearobson.com you can go Chelsea Robson, um, Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat is Chelsea M. Robson. So there's a little difference there. But uh, Morgan Stradling, she's consistent all the way through on Twitter, Instagram, and Only Snapchat. Only one of me. Only one of her. And Mason SMTX um, on Twitter. And then this anime. Instagram, life. I'm off of Twitter. Oh, okay. We're I cut myself off. Cutting he is it off. no longer a member of the Twitterverse. All right, so go straight to Instagram for that. We love hearing from you guys. We love catching up and, and being able to see you guys on all on all of these fronts. So make sure to, to check in and say, hey, it'll be fun. So until next time. We are we the Rotoscopers. We are not in sync. <laughs> I just go for it now. Try to go into a lot of the feelings that the little girl was having as far as like loss and and kind of dealing with what mason i'm not laughing at you sorry some dude just like proposed to morgan on the chat i've never (laughs) seen it before so i'm sorry i just like that this guy is (laughs) sorry i'm not laughing at you chelsea go on go on i'll mute my microphone um yeah (laughs) so i just felt like there was um, a lot of subtlety that could have been brought out of that and i think they were trying to and i I just felt like they didn't know how to accomplish that and you are really just you should have turned off your camera too (laughs) he is muting himself he is having to get a drink of water (laughs) well no no recovery i can't pull up the chat when when I've my internet so low, um, so I don't know what's going on right now. So, well, thanks for okay. Sorry, <laughs> just pretend that never happened. Let's go.
I'm not laughing because I, I think it's ridiculous that someone would propose to Morgan. I laughed because it was just so random and I've never seen them on the chat it just, before. It just, it, Rodrigo came and he left. And You know what it is? It's basically the equivalent of, of someone giving a seminar. Three people giving a seminar on the stage and some guy just busting through the doors of the auditorium going, <laughs> I love you, Morgan! Please marry me! And then leaving. <laughs> and then leaving. Cool. <laughs> See, this is the funnest part of the show. Yes. So this is what the, the patron cast this is This is like. what it's like for like an hour. Yeah.